We are live with the Short-Term Rental Pros Podcast. I'm here today with my boy, Patrick Switek. He is one of our pros out of the West Coast, doing some big things in Cali land. Patrick, tell us about yourself. Tell us how. Tell them how we met a few weeks ago and tell them that I'm actually taller in real life than I appear on this podcast. <laughs> Inside so, joke. <laughs> so fu- funny story. First time I met Jeremy, it was at the Nashville event, Short-Term Wealth and um s chair wealth and funny thing is i saw him and the first comment i made was wow you're a lot taller than your facebook profile because i started to recognize like oh you're that guy i've seen your face around but i just didn't know how tall you were and so jeremy pulls out and says well this is something believe it or not that a lot of people think they see me on video and they think I'm a lot shorter than I am. So there's 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 that. And so we want to make sure that we support people like Jeremy that have yeah, small people online appearances. appearances. <laughs> so please, please give your support. Please let him know that, you know, DM him and just let him know, hey, you know, we're here for you. We're always supporting you. You're tall. You look, don't worry you about look it. look 6'3 online. You don't look 5'3. Well, thank yeah. you, Patrick. You, you always build me up. But yeah, tell us tell us about yourself. What's uh, What's your background? Uh, how'd you become a short-term rental pro? Yeah, so my background is very heavy on tech. I built my first tech company when I was 14. And from there, I was building tech products. I raised venture capital. I did the whole thing. And eventually, I got away from tech. I, I realized I wanted to have uh, get into real estate. And what better way to do it than pair up the skills of tech and get into a real estate company. So I started working for a short-term rental company in California. I moved out to California. I was actually originally from Chicago. So I moved out to California, Los Angeles area, and started working for a company called Avance Day. I was a product manager there, so I helped them scale from 200 units to 1,000 plus. Uh, They laid me off during COVID, and then I was on this hunt for co-host clients, I had a horrible time getting co-host clients, even though I had all of this experience. Hey, I used to work at Avance. I know all the management principles. I knew I could double your revenue. I knew I could do all these different cool things for you. Like, please, like hire me to be your co-host. And it was tremendously hard. No matter how much I had behind me, it was so hard to get clients. I tried everything. And I decided, you know what? I, I, I can't find a client. I'm just going to do it myself and buy my own short-term rental. And that's what I did. I bought my own short-term rental. I bought this small little cabin in the Smoky Mountains. You got to start somewhere. Bought the cabin. It was making $33,000 a year. And I doubled it, almost doubled. I made $60,000 that first year. So doubled what they were making and realized I have a good management style principle. I did nothing to the property. I I didn't rehab it. I didn't um, do anything crazy, spectacular in terms of different amenities to put in or whatever. It was as is. All I did was just better marketing and better management and better pricing. And once I built the systems around it, I realized I have something. So from there, met my business partner and we've done six deals since. Um, I, I just went on a contract for two more deals in the last two days at the time of this recording. So there you go. And then so I'm the release. Be- Maybe you've got two more in the portfolio. Let's see, let's <laughs> see if the deal goes through. Now, so. 
a lot more yeah. than I own, but I manage 24 for other people. 24. On top of that. Wow. Okay. So 24. And when you said you were having trouble getting these co-host clients, you took, you took an alternative route. That's one that I haven't really heard of as much. You bought a property management company. Tell us what was that like? What did that look like? How did you, you know, give us the, the, the 30 second TLDR on how you acquire a property management company and, and what that, what that looks like. Hey, I'm looking for co-host clients. Somebody comes up to me. They have 16 co-host clients, aka property management company, uh, looking to sell. Do you want? Do you want in on this property management company? I said, yeah. And here we are. <laughs> and they That's said the- they they gave their price. If you don't mind sharing, like, how does a property management deal get structured? Is it like you pay them all up front, and like, do you value it based off? their revenue yeah. or their EBITDA or, or what, what does buying a property manager? Yeah. Like how, do, how does that get priced? So normally property management companies and just business in general gets priced on EBITDA, right? Which is earnings before income. I don't know what the, what it stands for really. And something, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But it's Throw pretty much uh, your net in essence, kind of. Anyways, so you have that amount and you it's like a multiple. Usually it's like three or five or something like that. But this business was interesting because they got a lot of uh, clients in the last six months. So that needed to be prorated across the full year. So we had to prorate each individual property as if it had a full year and how much it could potentially make. So that's why we couldn't go off of a bit of, we had to go off of gross. And we also knew that certain employees within the company we're not going to be with the company anymore. And so that was a little challenging. They were a lot more hands-off. That's why they hired these people. But for us, we're going to be a little bit more hands-on and we have been. And we built out the infrastructure to make it more hands-off now. But that's kind of the deal there. And we did one to one and a half X of the gross revenue. They also had other money generators. They had money generation in the handyman arena so they were deploying you know a handyman that was on salary so they paid him a flat fee and then they were charging clients 60 bucks an hour or 35 or whatever to uh, do different tasks and that was revenue there and then you also have revenue from cleans so the cleaners you know you make a margin they had internal cleaning department which values there's value to that as well and then the management contracts, obviously. Now, the management contracts, the interesting about them is their big value add is, hey, we we allow people to leave the management contract at any given point, and it's month to month. All it takes is a two-month notice, meaning that the company is actually valued at less because of that because everyone could leave in an instant if they really wanted to, right? So how do you hedge against that? What we did was we put 50% of the money up front, Right. And then 50% on the back end in tiered systems. So if we make, let's say we we assume that there's going to be an 80% churn on average. So let's say that it's a 70 or 60% churn. Then when you, you say get 80% run. churn, that means 80% stay or 80% leave in a year? Uh, oh, yeah, retention. Sorry. 80%, 80% retention. retention. Yes. Okay, yes. 20%, 20% churn. Yes. Got Sorry it, about that. It. Yeah. Good. Good clarification, Jeremy. This well, is why. This is why I need you. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, we have the twenty percent churn and eighty uh, percent retention or attrition or whatever you want to call it. And so we had a tiered system. Like if 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 we get less, then that second half is cut 
a little bit less, right? So you only make mm-hmm. as much as the retention of the clients that you gave us pretty much. Does that make sense? Yeah. So essentially if the clients leave, if they're not sticky, then they get, you know, the payout on their end. So they're incentivized to like help you retain clients for at least yes. a year. Yes. Um, okay, we so- did it off of gross revenue. So that's kind of interesting because we've actually increased revenues by 30%. So even though we lost some clients, we also kind of stepped in and made more money to cover those clients, if that makes sense. Did you gain new clients or you just had the existing clients make more money? Existing clients, just like through our pricing strategy, we increased gross revenues adjusted for seasonality next, the month that we took over by 30%. So were they just, was the previous property manager, obviously you're doing things the the right way and whatnot, but were they doing things the wrong way? No, not necessarily. They were good at what they were doing. They were doing all the systems, all the price labs, all that. They were managing it correctly. They had full infrastructure in place. The only thing is like, Jeremy, you and I, people that are listening to this podcast, we stay on top of things. We see what the best is doing. We're pros. And that's why this is the name of the podcast, right? And so pros do what pros do. Pros have to keep learning. Because if you don't keep learning, you can go amateur. So if you want to stay pro, you gotta you gotta keep up with the pros, and that means being in the top, you know, five percent people that are in the space, and really going out of your way to learn the the best principles to beat out your competition. You're in a business world; it's a hospitality business, and you have to run your business better than the person next door. So the only way to do that is by learning and growing and doing what other people are doing to to keep on track. Yeah, and that's why you guys are listening here. So I, I like to kind of yeah. like bring a, a good bit of tangibility. And that's why I asked like, what specifically did you do to out earn that person? Because I try, you know, we try to give tangible advice. So like, did you did you have a different pricing strategy than they did? Or just one example? Or yeah. like, what did you do pricing differently? I'm assuming I, you I, did. Yeah, we did. So we came in there and we just applied our principles for pricing. And really, it's not rocket science, but it is an art form in some ways, right? I've realized that pricing is is one of those things where you have to understand the property and you have to feel it out. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, there are standard operating procedures that we built in place. Like, for instance, we do for us our, on our stack, we do like, depending on the lead time, we'll do a 33% cut gradually until the lead time. So like, let's say the lead time is 21 days. So it takes from on average, people are booking 21 days out. That means that we want to set that from 21 days out. It gradually goes down 33%. So, yeah, you set, you set the, uh, like you set the 30% last minute discount at a, yep. to be a gradual decline starting yep. at 0% at 21 days, going to 30% at day, you know, yeah. today. Exactly. Gotcha. So, so you did and more so, aggressive last minute discounts. There's also other principles like, you know, driving those three night bookings or versus the two night bookings if they book further out. And some properties are in high demand. So I'd rather get those four, five day bookings if, if I can in peak season versus not. Uh, so so things like that. Minimum stays. Yeah, minimum stays. Uh, implementing that. Also implementing, you know, just adjusting the base price accordingly to market, like seeing what the other mar- what the market's doing and really being attentive to that. You know, orphan gaps, making sure those are covered. Small things like that. But those things add up and they truly make a difference. 
So yeah, it's something that somebody can apply right away. I, I sit down with my students personally, and I'm sure you do this too, Jeremy, and we just go over mm -hmm. pricing and I'll have somebody pull up their, um, their pricing module, like everything they're doing. And I can just like go into it and see the property and tell them exactly why or what they should be doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So people, people learn by example, and that is just a lot easier. It's a lot visual to like understand price labs, but yeah. Yeah. So guys, price labs one-on-one is use price labs. Like that's, you know, you, people might think they're a pro if they just start and they plug in the uh, base rate, minimum rate on price labs. A lot of people do that. And then that's all they ever do. You know, they, they set it and they leave. They never do anything else. Pros, what they do is they go a step beyond that. They do dynamic minimum stays. Like what pa Patrick said, you know, a certain number of days out, you should want only longer term bookings. You know, you don't want someone booking one day on your calendar six months from now because that's going to disable someone to book a week. You know, you'd rather have four weeks booked than 28 one night stays. So that's what we call dynamic minimum stays. Last minute pricing, for example, lately bookings have been the lead time across Airbnb and, and short term rentals is a lot lower, meaning lead time is the amount of days before someone checks in that they book. So if I book a house, you know, today's Wednesday that we're filming this Wednesday, April 26th. If I book a place for this weekend starting Friday, that's two days lead time. Lead time has been getting a lot lower. And, and because of that, you have to do more aggressive last minute discounts, which is something Patrick uh, did in his portfolio. All right. So you bought, you bought a property manager. So you kind of have two parts of your portfolio. It's the property management side and then it's the buying side. I think it's interesting right. that you you're in one market. Am I, am I, I think you yeah. might have one other beyond that one market you're in, not diversifying across 10 markets. Like what is your thoughts on, on, on kind of your, uh, your, uh, specialization in Joshua tree? Yeah. So it's, it's definitely something I think about, right? It's a twofold thing. I'm in a growth stage right now. So for me, I need economies of scale. Um, and I'm, and this is just a hypothesis, right? Like, I don't know if I'm doing it the right way. I think that I'm taking a very, a much heavier risk by having everything in one area. Uh, you do want to diversify. And I recommend people to diversify asset classes, diversify where they're buying and the whole nine yards. However, for us, like we have our full team in Joshua Tree. We have all the cleaners, all the handymen. Like when we get a property under contract, we know very damn well that we can sell that property, no problem. And then we could also potentially even sell it to our potential client and then use them to, to get the management fee. So you know what I mean? So like there's so many ways where we could double, triple, or quadruple our revenues because we're focused on one area. And now everyone knows me as a Joshua Tree guy. So I get everyone flooding me with Joshua Tree deals all the time. And so I'm getting crazy deal flow. And it's just so much easier. It's kind of like why Bill, what Bill Faith was in Gulf Shores, right? I mean, that was his area of specialty and it allowed him to grow this empire that he's built. And yeah, I, 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 I do see there's a lot of value of that. A big reason why I went from owning to having a co-hosting business was because the co-hosting business is cash flow regardless whatever the market's doing, like I'm making money. So yeah, that 20, what 20% of gross revenue or what, what do you charge? 25. So 25. We, on average, we do 25. So let's say that we get 25% of gross revenue on a hundred thousand. What do your, how, how, yeah. What, what is the, if you don't mind sharing, like 
you know, how many listings, what is the annual gross revenue at your yeah. 25%? What's the take home from that? Okay. So, um, we haven't had it for a full year, so we can't really say that, but last month we did 180. Wow. Uh, 180,000. Well, I guess. Yeah. Coachella was yeah. Well, it was March. So it was how was Coachella? Coachella? Any crazy shit happen? For, the, for those of you guys who don't know, Coachella is a huge music <laughs> festival in California. Patrick, did you go? No, I didn't. Um, I, I'm running. Yeah, I, sh- I probably will one day, but I'm, I was just grinding away uh, on my business. I'm boring. Damn, Patrick, Patrick was too busy <laughs> hosting people who were going to the, the festival yeah. to go to it himself. Yeah. But was it but, crazy, like crazy bookings for Coachella? Oh, yeah. So April is the best month. And these weekends, like we make so much money. It's ridiculous. There's some properties that were like, like, especially on the weekend, we're like nearing $2,500 a night, $3,000 a night, like crazy. Um, yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> when I have questions, so so I do some co-hosting, and like the thing I don't like about it is, I mean, just for example, I got right. a booking request the other day for a Lux property that I co-host, twenty eight thousand dollar booking request for seven nights, so four thousand dollars a night booking request. You know my, you know, you can calculate my fee for, if I'm charging twenty percent. That's right, f- almost five thousand dollars for a single booking. The owner. The owner didn't let me accept it, and then he called. What do you say? Well, the thing I don't—I mean, he—he <laughs> he just has a lot of money. I'll just say that, like, really cool dude, like, has built an amazing property, and for him, like, twenty-eight G's might is like, you know, might be what's twenty dollars for somebody else, you know. So he just wanted more time to make up his mind, and he also, you know, he has to think about renewing insurance because the insurance premium is super expensive on the property. I don't right. know. It's, it's a lot going on. And to me, I'm like, dude, I'm doing a million things. You know, I've got 20, you know, I've got 25 properties. I'm putting offers to buy another one. Like just, if you want to rent it, rent it. If you don't, don't, you know, like we're yeah. going to accept people if they're giving us $30,000 for a week. <laughs> like, like we're going to yeah. accept people. Otherwise so, let's not, let's not rent out the property. <laughs> like, I, I don't yeah, know no, hundred percent. Like, that's like, that's kind of like you pulled. It's like you had, I can just imagine your face with like the the five thousand dollars in your hand like oh i got it and then just being taken away from you just like right then and there. That's yeah funny. he's also he's gone a eighty thousand dollar booking request for oh like God. 20 days before so and we didn't oh we declined we didn't accept that one either <laughs> why does he accept them though i don't understand that i mean it's just like you know i don't know maybe he wants to go to the house himself like you know what if i want to go i don't know why would i want someone staying for a month like what if i want to go I'm like, oh, got yeah, it. that's the price you, you pay for letting someone so, just very, so very guy has done very well. In yeah, his life. very successful for sure. So what I like to do in these situations is I, I set the expectation with my owners. So when I when I onboard an owner, I tell them like there's a few guidelines I have, one of which is you like don't respond to guests or get like super involved like that. Because we need to make sure that we respond because that might, you know, there might be two messages going at once and guests might be confused. Like, especially in these kind of situations, like we're on it. Don't worry about it. Like, just empower us to do that. And then the second thing is the empowerment of us being like an agent in the sense that we will act in the best interest of the owner. 
And so, you know, if you're going to constantly use the property, like that's not, you know, there's, there's twofold, right? It's the best interest of the owner, but also we work in the best interest of like the, the property as a foundational element to support the bottom line, right? Like when if it doesn't say, make enough say, money. Do you, do you have a partner in the property management business? Yes. So I have a business partner, but I also have 30 people under me, <laughs> like cleaners, a lot of cleaners, 30 people. Uh, a lot wow. of cleaners, virtual assistants. Yeah. Because like, think about it. Like there's one turn day, like Sunday is a huge turn day. So if you're getting everyone mm-hmm. turning their houses on Sunday, you're going to have a lot of cleaners go out to the houses. Right. So yeah, for sure. I, mean, I can only imagine. We, I mean, I have, cause we're across multiple locations, different markets. I think eight. Yeah. Eight is the most we have in one market. Wow. We also have seven boats there. So that's an additional logistical complexity, but yes, I, I know that even seven houses on a on a weekend could be insanely, oh yeah, crazy. So I can only imagine twenty, what twenty, 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 yeah. including the ones you own, like you know, yeah. 20, well, not 20. all of them are launched. I think there's okay. like five of them, four or so, four or five that we've signed that haven't launched yet because they're still in heavy rehab or there's something going on or they're doing new build. So active right now is more like, I think, 23, 24, 24. Got it. Okay. 24. So, so what I want to yeah. get into, and I, I like that you do, you know, the co-host strategy. Yeah. So what is it, you know, so you get it, you get an owner onboarded. How does it, how does it work logistically? Do they make the Airbnb listing and add you as a co-host? Yeah. Uh, and then, like you said, you just, you want them to turn off the Airbnb app and let you do your thing. Like what's, what's it look like logistically? Yeah co-hosting for someone else so so the way that we do it we our big value add that we pitch is we allow people to see into the business fully but we just don't want them responding if that makes sense so we are we are always allowing people like when we first onboard somebody we have them fill out an onboarding form and it'll kind of go over all the details about the property anything that we need to know and having an airbnb link with filled out with tax form, um, the the permit number, and you know verifying their identity. As long as they do that, then we can take it from there. We have a trust account that allows all of the financing to flow through that trust account, and then we pay out owners. Gotcha. So that's the way we do it. But the way that other co's do it is just you know they have they the invoice, they invoice, invoice the owners. Yeah, yeah. Which either way, we just don't chase owners for invoices. We pay them out. That's it. And yeah. so um, it's it's really nice there. But the thing is, they own the listing. Now, let's say they get a bunch of reviews. They, If they decide to sell, then those reviews have value. You can actually transfer that listing to the next owner that buys your property. And if you have 200 reviews, you're going to get a lot higher uh, revenue and you're going to be ranked higher. And it's just, it's just everything's going to be easier for you. And so having that, there's value to that. On top of that, they can leave at any given point and not have to start over. All the work we do up front, the only thing is we, we have a six-month upfront commitment because we do so much work up front to make the listing, to integrate it, to get it up to standards, like that kind of thing. But after the six months, like you're free to go. You can, you can just do they whatever can you walk. want. They, they can, can walk if they really want to. And honestly, I want to walk from it as well. Like I don't want to be stuck in a contract with some shitty owner like we've dropped owners that are annoying or (laughs) like they text you too much no seriously like we we used to have this one owner that texted texts us every day 
And it was just so consistent. And we knew we were using so many resources for that one client. And we just said, you know what? Maybe it's just not a good fit. And it was a lot. It was good money. I think we made like 15 grand a year off of her. Wow. 15 or so 20 that, grand. So it was a lot of money. It was good money. And it's like, we got to say, sorry, Felicia. And just bye. So you've had to drop uh, owners. And, and that's something. So I've never... Well, a house that we bought have not sold yet. House that I've rented and re-rented, I've never, I've only re-signed leases. I haven't furnished a place and had that end so far. I'm sure obviously it will happen. Like, don't get me wrong, but I have lost co-hosting clients. I've got co-hosting clients, lost co-hosting clients. You said, you know, whether it's the owners, I mean, we had, I had one house that I managed where the pool, the guy had a pool, super nice house and just wasn't willing to bite the bullet and, and fix the pool. So instead our handyman had to literally come over every day and like circulate water, like literally would come and have to act <laughs> like he was the pool pump. And you know, this guy, whatever, it just didn't work out. I've had multiple instances. So what's, I guess, do you feel like co-hosting just, you know, give your opinion, you know, short-term rentals and a big part about theme of short-term rentals is that like time freedom, location freedom component. So a, do you feel that? And do you like, do you feel with co-hosting in particular, things are relative, obviously, like if you're going to compare it to your old job, maybe it's different, but like, do you kind of feel like in a way you kind of have bosses still being the owners or kind of like, what's, what's your thoughts on everything? Yeah. I think in general, in life, you're always going to have bosses to some degree, right? You're going to have clients. If you're in a business, you're going to have customers. If you're selling B2C, there's always going to be some power over you now the only the real difference there is are you going to build this as a business or are you going to build this as a another job in the beginning i will be honest when we took over in the beginning it was another job we were in the weeds we were building we were growing but here's here's my philosophy and the way i tell my team is i come from a big background of building businesses and so what i know is that you actually have to execute 50 percent of the time and then 50% of the time, you got to document. And the documentation is building systems, is building all that. And the execution is like actually doing the job. So when you're building all these systems, all the documentation, you can actually get people to work under you and take those roles. So that's kind of what we did. We hired all these different people. I think I've hired, I've hired four VAs. I've actually went through 300 of them to get the best four. And I hired um, an area manager. I hired a field ops manager and yeah, things are starting to be a lot more less uh, hectic, but even when it was hectic, like the freedom of being able to go and get an acai bowl in the middle of the day, because I freaking want an acai bowl. I can do it. Acai. That's the California thing. That's a California yeah. thing. <laughs> if I wanted midday, brunch, I could do midday brunch on a Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever. You know, it's like I had the power to do that because I didn't have a job. Now, the time gets freed up more and more the more you build it into a business. And that goes with everything that you do. When you do house flipping, when you do um, podcasting, when whatever you do in your life, it's going to be about building that into a business before you really get the benefits of seeing the the time freedom that you really want see what i mean yeah so you build build the infrastructure where you don't have to be you know you're leveraging your time more effectively right by ha building team systems processes you're part of like a short-term rental mastermind did you buy a property management business before you 
join the mastermind or did you what was, what was, was your order of operation that was before so I, I was in a mastermind before i bought the property management company gotcha and in that company. prop so you you joined and then i mean that it's it's you know buy, i mean i don't you're in it not me but i'm assuming it's talking about buying as well as co-host businesses right are kind of the two the two now, topics <laughs> I've never bought. Uh, I never well, learned not, how to buy a. Oh, so it only business. talks about co-host businesses. It's only about co-hosting. Yeah. Oh and, wow. Well, co- well, it's about everything. It's co-hosting, buying everything. Okay. Uh, and yeah, so I, I didn't necessarily learn that from there. I just got the opportunity from, like I mentioned before, from a friend that said she didn't have one co-host client. She had sixteen. Did, do I want to take it on and buy her business? Or, or sorry, buy the business that she knew about. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then, you know, the rest is history. But yeah, I mean, this opportunity came across my desk. And but what, yeah. what was the process? So what did you learn? I'm curious, honestly, people, people ask me, I mean, I have co-host clients, like I've got them, but it was pretty organic. It was literally, I had a boat rental business, people rented our boat, they happened to have houses or be buying houses. And then just word of mouth, like I, I never did I reached yeah. out to one guy on Verbo because he just had a sick pad. The one with the the pool I talked about earlier yeah. ended up not actually working out. But I was like, this house is sick. I got I to gotta reach out and see what's yeah. up. But how does one get co-host clients? You bought a business, but I guess right. conceptually, how yeah. would one get a co-host client? I have a whole ebook that I made that uh, I named it 101 Ways to Get Co-Hosting Clients because – so many people ask me this question and I know I'm sure Jeremy people ask you this question too but what I've realized after buying this business it was a lot harder for me to get co-host clients when I didn't have anything to show client. for yeah yeah so it's like the hardest is the first one and quite honestly I could pro- I could have probably gotten a co-host client like that but what I realized the moment I got the company under my belt is that it's all branding it's all branding and how you're perceived to the public, right? Are you an expert? You know, the moment that I became an expert and I got this property management company or co-hosting business, I had the brand. I made that deck. I made I made the website presence. I made all these other factors I didn't do the first time around that built credibility for myself and for my business and for everything that I had going which made it so easy to sign on clients to the point where in the first month and a half that I had this business, I had 40 leads that came through and I had to own, I I could only accept 10, 10 of the best ones. And that just shows that I had choice. And the only reason I had choice is because I was able to create this brand that allowed people to trust me right away. This brand that allowed you to close clients. So you had this new business. It was also like the Patrick Switek brand. Uh, like I know you started posting on social. Yeah. Probably at some point during this. But what do you, what like tangibly, what do you mean by brand? Yeah. So stays you like. So like the company that I have. So like if I, if I had to give somebody advice, this is what I would tell them to do. I would tell them, even if you have no clients, I would automatically get a deck built. to a deck. Make sure that has all the information about you, about the company, about your values, about what you do and how you do it, your team, which is you in that case, whatever, and just kind of build that deck. The second, and you give that deck to anybody, either realtor relationships, build those relationships, give them the deck. 
show them, show them that you're real. Make sure you have a website now. That website supplements the deck in case somebody wants to learn more, you know, down the line. Obviously, it's your digital footprint. The third thing is going to get a Google My Business account, making sure you have something that's tangible that when people search property management in the area that you pop up. Now you want to over time build that those reviews on there as you, you go on. But that's a placeholder for now. And then you start selling people on your framework that you built. And every time that you get a new lead through any of the ways that you get a lead, which is either through realtors, through uh, making local Facebook groups, making uh, videos about the local market. There's so many ways you can do it. I have, like I said, I have that PDF. If you, if anybody want to message me, I'll, I'll give it to you. Um, Jeez, send me that PDF. But- <laughs> I got you, man. <laughs> We're going to drop the link to the PDF below. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll do that completely free with tw- five installments of $20. No, I was kidding. It's free. It's free. So basically this PDF, it, it will help you with that. But then when you get these leads, what you're going to do is you're going to actually create a launch plan for each of those leads when you're, you're, you're trying to work with them because they, and, and keep following up with them. So you're going to follow up with the people that you have in your lead list, make a list on spreadsheet, whatever, follow up every couple of days or every month or whatever, whenever they talk to you and offer as much value as you can. So just, Hey, I can help you. I can help you. I can help you build that launch plan saying, this is what I would do. If I was in your position, I would do this. This is the 30 day plan, 60 day plan, 90 day plan. People love that. People see, and they're like, wow, look at this initiative that you've brought to customize that deck. So you have the the normal deck and then you have the additional items that go over the house specifically. But the person sees, oh my God, they just created this personalized deck to my house. They want it. And they know that they can do X amount of dollars uh, a year on this property. And it shows in in the deck. So that, and, and what I used to do as well for the bigger houses, I used to print it out and get it binded. And so just had like the deck binded and give it to them like a physical copy when I show up at the house to see it. Now that really you went makes out to Joshua tree. You went and met with people. You, you wild yep. and dialed. And that's what guys, Patrick, just for, for some context, he'll go up to anybody. And I think that's <laughs> something about, you know, sales, whether it yeah. be a co-hosting business, whether it be just networking at a high level, like being confident, physically meeting people, whether that, I mean, for me, when I started with, co-hosting and arbitrage i would meet i would meet the homeowners and the landlords and i would i'd buy them a beer or maybe they'd buy me one but i would offer to buy them one so patrick (laughs) is fearless he'll walk up to i mean going to two conferences with him i i noticed he'll he'll walk up to anybody and he'll just start chatting so jeremy i i think like let's say depends on what you can do right so jeremy's a tech whiz so for him i'd be i'd be like all right well you want to go up to people and how can you get value so for you, it's like, you know what? I know that you're, uh, you built that tech, the the application, right? What's the application? The calculator? BNB Calc. Plug that in. It's going to be in the bio below. <laughs> but It'll be uh, somewhere. The, you can find, yeah, you can find it. Yeah, you can find it somewhere. <laughs> so BNB Calc, let's say that your, your skill set's building tech, right? So you built that product. You can actually offer fee for three months or whatever. While they're getting set up, you can say, hey, this is normally X amount of money, dollars, but here it is for free. Eat the cost and say, hey, like, I, I just want to make sure you're well equipped when you're buying your properties or when you're rehabbing or what you can do on this property. So I want to give that to you. Or if you are a really good photographer, you can say, you know what? 
I'm happy to help you on for free to to help get this place up and going. Uh, I offer free advice all the time. I just give everything up front and I tell them exactly what I would do. And most times they go with me anyways because they're like, well, this guy knows this shit and like he's not going to he's not holding back a lot of property. I've actually heard some of the clients that we get mentioned. We went with you because you were transparent with us and you told us what to do. And like you were clearly the expert and you didn't hold back. And we said the same thing. We said, yeah, like we don't hold back. So never hold back. Never hold back. Lay it all on the line. Give away, give away all your secrets. Yep. And that's what we're doing on this podcast right here. We're giving right all now, the top secrets. <laughs> I would say, you know, we're giving away the pro tips. You know, we're giving away the pro yeah. tips on this on this pod. But yeah, what <laughs> is your your biggest like pro tip? You know, just something you've learned tangible that can can help folk assume they're either getting started or they're scaling their short term rental business. I would say to take action. I it, it's such a cliche thing, but a lot of people are are. are not doing anything about it. Like I want every day to be something, something gets done, right? You have a specific goal. Okay. Let's say you call a realtor a day, just conversation with the realtor a day. That's it. Once a day or and realtors take- are great referral sources for co-hosting arbitrage Everything. deal flow. If you want to buy like only, only good things can come from talking to realtors. It's a multifaceted thing. You can make, yeah, those relationships are amazing. So do that. Talk to realtors or do something, right? Like 15 minutes uh, writing in forums like Bigger Pockets, just to post stuff, you know, and, and get out there. Uh, I get a bunch of leads. I actually made a YouTube video that took me 30 minutes to talk about the market. And I just freestyled it. I actually made a couple mistakes during that video. And I still get people reaching out to this day. And because I post on Bigger Pockets everywhere. Freestyle, and, what you freestyle rap or something? <laughs> no, I just freestyle. I just like, I didn't know, you know you have that in I, you. This is what it is. Um, take it, um, hit the beat. <laughs> no, <laughs> but right. uh, I just, we're getting we're getting down today. We're getting down today. No, hit the beat, Jeremy. Let's go. No, uh, I'm not good at that, but uh, <laughs> I'm yeah, <laughs> I grew up in a suburban neighborhood. I'm not uh rapper hey, but chicago um, you and kanye west don't don't, yeah, don't limit kanye. yourself yeah that's what i would recommend is take action and don't don't hold back yeah go for it so, all right so so don't hold back and what should they also not hold back you know by the time this airs your when is your conference by the way and september 24 to 26 and can those Listen. listening to it go to it and if so how do they find information absolutely on not and tell like, us what no. what is anybody what is the conference Look, nobody can go to this conference, Jeremy. Nobody. I don't want any of your listeners. No, I'm just kidding. Of course. <laughs> Sound like, like yeah, yeah. Eric Carbon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. People can come. Uh, I'd, I'd love for you guys to come. Jeremy's going to be there. Hold him to it. But yeah, so it's going to be a good time. It's going to be, we're bi-coastal here. So it's going to be in the San Diego. And it's going to be Valley, September maybe. 24th to the 26th. It's going to be amazing. And it's going to be a really good time. There's going to be 250 people there. 300 with speakers and everybody else. So you guys are going to have a grand time and it's going to be really fun. So definitely don't miss out. All right. And so it's September 21st to 26th. 24th to the 26th. 24th to 26th. Okay. Right. And where would they find information on it? str-nation.com. str-nation.com. You guys heard it here. TBD, me and and Patrick got a little... uh... Well, we got to see who these speakers are. Who are these speakers at this conference? 300, including we'll speakers, see. and two, we got 50 speakers coming. 
So TBT could be on, on this. It depends on these speakers for your boy, but either way, I'll, <laughs> I'll probably be there. And, and you yeah. guys listening, you should be there. And what we're going to do, Patrick and I are going to collab. We're going to do more in-person events. We got to, got to do one yeah. in New York too. Going to start trying to do meetups in New York city. Kind of, you know, and Patrick, also, for those in L.A. listening, you do L.A. meetups, right? Yeah, yeah, we do L.A. meetups every month. And what's that? We're by like, Coastal. what do y'all, do y'all go to a happy hour? Like, where do you do your Yeah, we go, we go to a brewery, man. We go to a brewery, we kick back some brewskis, and yeah, we just have a good chat. So it's a good time. And a lot of folk from the meetups go to the San Diego or go to the conference? Yeah, we, we have a lot of people from our community go. We have a Facebook group. If anybody wants to join, I'll just shameless plug. STR nation you can actually look us up on facebook and feel free and you can join our facebook group and that's usually where we post stuff like that so gotcha so you guys you la folk patrick does <laughs> meetups uh, also does conferences and him and i are gonna collaborate on we will. On some things the young guys right we're the young guys in the in the crew so we're we're ready to take on the world and do some cool stuff together so yeah i'm excited for that Exactly. Same here, buddy. So awesome. Any last words or advice to, to leave to folk here today? Hey, don't hold back, guys. Don't hold go back. Go for it. Just go for it. Make Just it happen. Make it. make it happen. Actually, don't eat shit if you can. <laughs> but like fall, but don't. Yeah, don't eat shit. Or get, get a mentor like Jeremy and and you won't eat shit. So, And I, and I would say when we talk about the mentor point where you said earlier, like it's hard when you don't have any track record, like any Airbnb listings to get co-host clients. Yeah. I would say it does help to have a mentor who has them Yeah, because, you know, you can artistically and creatively lend their credibility to yourself. You know, you say, Hey, Hey, homeowner. Yes, you're right. I don't have any listings, but I've helped my mentor who has 30 listings and they all look incredible and have great reviews. You know, there's advantages to having mentors who have done it before, obviously from, you know, learning how to set things up the right way, how to hire VA virtual assistants, how to build that infrastructure B from that credibility standpoint. You know, if you're in the room with somebody, you're in the room with somebody and, and others see that. So talking about mentorships real quick, whoever you're meant, you know, if you want to do some, something, I highly recommend, you know, having someone help you who's done it before and can lend their credibility to you so tangible takeaway there uh yeah any other uh just do it and also just do just, it that's it yeah and show up follow, to these in-person events we're gonna do yeah exactly 100 beautiful well thanks so much uh oh yeah patrick you so str nation is that the best place to to find to find you or, just or where else can find, find me on you? face uh on instagram honestly it's uh patrick p-a-t-r-y-k underscore S-W-I. As long as you type that in, you'll be fine. Um, there's not that many people that spell it that way. But yeah, I'd be happy to chat with you on Instagram. Let's let's kick it. Let's do any questions you may have. Like happy to answer them. Alrighty. So y'all heard it here. Patrick Switech, STR Nation, and a short-term rental pro. Thanks for coming, Patrick. All right. Thank you for having me.